Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roma Reads Publishing Podcast, where we interview people in the writing and publishing community to get a little bit of insight into this crazy, complicated industry um, and to hopefully learn from one another to make all our writing journeys just a little bit easier. Um, I'm your host, Lauren Ilbury, and joining me today is Aneta. So Aneta's come to us today to tell us a little bit more about what it was like publishing a book in 1998 and the difference she found when publishing a book in 2023. So welcome to the show, Aneta. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you having me here today. I appreciate you coming on to the show. So, Aneta, I suppose the publishing industry is constantly adapting and changing, and maybe we don't always realize quite how much it's changed until we see it side by side. Do you think maybe you could talk us through what the process of publishing a book in 1998 was like? Sure. Uh, let me first point out that I don't yet have a published in 23. I'm working on it, and um, that has given me the reflection or has made me reflect on the enormous difference from when I published my first book in 98. Uh, I mean, and I think truthfully, it's also a reflection of how society has changed. Mm -hmm. So in 98, um, I have always, like many other fellow authors, wanted to be a writer. And at the time I was in my late 20s and working a full-time job, and but writing on the side. And a friend of a friend I was living in the U.S., um, and a friend of a friend was a an editor at a small publishing house, and he was look he was in um, his department was uh, children's children's books, and he was looking for talent because as he's and these these are his words, not mine. He said young people don't know how to write. He needed writers. He needed good writers. So he asked me to um, uh, give. Uh, send in some samples and this was at the time um rl stein i don't know you're you're pretty young lauren so you may not know who <laughs> rl stein was but this was the time of goosebumps uh children horror <laughs> stories that, that, that was the hottest thing in the u.s at least so i sent him in uh, i sent in some horror stories um that i wrote in my lunch on my lunch break and he liked it and we were we were going to move forward but that uh from there with you know um, writing a book or he was going to ask me to write a book but then the whole industry changed there was a parental uproar over um, the children horror stories so that book fell through uh, and then he asked me um, to write another book like uh, to come up with an idea for a series this was at the time when political correctness was just starting and um, he wanted he wanted the concept of three friends where two two brothers and um, where the girl was of a different, not, not Caucasian. And this was, believe it or not, this was actually um, a novelty. So that's, that's my first book was Rafters, The Adventure Begins, and it was about two brothers and uh, their friend Keiko. Mm -hmm. that, sounds, that sounds incredible. And to have that, <laughs> to write something in your lunch break, send that in, and for it instantly to be picked up. I mean, that's that's quite a show of talent, I think. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but it was it was um, again the the industry was different, and, and he, he said, and I, I guess I believe him that there maybe people weren't writing as much. You know, the the social media has 
brought many, you know, has given us many gifts. And maybe it's that we're able to express ourselves more easily. And, you know. But do you reckon then that it was it was easier to publish in 1998 then um, as compared to 2023? Uh, in, you know, I have decided to embrace what's going on in, in 2023 and, and embrace it and have fun with it. But if I had a choice, I would prefer 1998. It was fun introvert, which I guess many authors are. You know, it was it was easy. It was like I was writing when I when we then decided on moving ahead with rafters. I wrote it at night in I was living in a one bedroom, and I had a desk in the corner, uh, and that's where I wrote it. There was I, I, I the laptops were new. I I, I got myself a laptop. And that was it. Yes, I suppose there's um, there's a little bit more competitiveness if I'm picking up what you're putting down correctly and that there's sort of been an explosion of books, hasn't there, with um, self-publishing in, you know, the 2020, 2021, 22, 23. So I can definitely understand why there's there's more that needs to be done, I suppose, in 2023 in the terms of now. You can't just write a book. You've got to, you know, you've got to go on every interview and you've got to go on every podcast and you've got to have like this, that and the other. And you've got to get onto radio shows and the, the marketing, the PR is That's, insane now. Yeah. So so my 23 experiences, I, I have um, I've finished a memoir, it's a project I worked on for several years. And I'd say by 22, early 23, it was, it was ready. And I had done no social media prep. But when I just, you know, I was ready to submit it to publishers, I, <laughs> I guess I knew but hadn't fully realized, well, you got to have a social media presence and no one's going to look at you, even if you even if you got a great book. And I'm not saying my book is great, but, you know, you don't have a chance unless you have a social media presence. That's my experience in 23. Yeah, and I, I've heard that said before in a, by a few publishers that they won't, you know, they won't even look at you unless you've got a massive social media presence. But I, I, I mean, I'm new to this as well, but I don't think that's necessarily the right way they should go about that you know because there are plenty of authors who are first-time authors who don't have a social media following but the books they write are fantastic and frankly are you know borderline bestsellers you know see so, you know I can, I can only speak from my own experience and what I have experienced and I have experienced that um both established authors and also a couple of agents or uh, uh, small presses have looked at my book and said, you have a really good book, but you need a social media presence. Work on that. And I, also, I have listened to other, you know, new authors who have gotten deals once they got their social media presence up and running. And it's not necessarily that you need a huge presence, but you got to show that you have people who like what you do and you, you, that you're able to engage your um, your tribe. That's that's very true. Yeah, I suppose it all does come down to how how much easier it makes it for like the marketing team. Yeah, to, exactly. To get your book out there. It still does seem like they're potentially getting rid of quite a few 
gems that way but you know that's <laughs> that yeah. I'm still new to this as well so yeah. so did you go down the traditional route or were you looking more into the self-publishing route or the the hybrid route um I don't know how prominent those publishing routes were back in 1998 oh, that was non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you 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 had Amazon you go whatever you got mail that was uh, I, that was in the mid 95 that's what you have for technology and then exploded in the late 90s but you didn't have these other options um you know for publishing so in 23 where i'm at i have decided to give it my all for uh getting a traditional publishing deal and um if that doesn't happen i will i will self-publish or you know do a hybrid i'm not sure but first i want to give it my all with trying to get a deal Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if you can get, because I think w when you give your book off to the publisher, because a lot of people like to just prefer to write and let, let the publishing company like worry about all the marketing and PR. So I would, I would always encourage going down the traditional route if you can and to definitely avoid paying other people to publish a book. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Yes. Um, so you mentioned that your new book is uh, about a memoir, a project that you've been working on. Could we know maybe a little bit more about that? Sure. So back in um, back in '98, when uh, Raftus was published, I was it was supposed to be a series, and I was you know we we talked about I was going to do the second and the third book, but then life took a turn for me. Um, I beca became a mother, and shortly after, extremely ill, and that lasted many years. Um, and I, I had to go inward to, you know, heal myself and heal my body. And so it's it's another uh, personal transformation story, but there it's also a multi-layered story. Um, so, um, and my family makes it interesting. <laughs> so that's that's essentially what it's it's at. My 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 message is my key message is that I want to normalize. Um, the esoteric term soul mm -hmm. and that's so that's part of the message of the book wow that's incredible and uh what what is this new memoir called Ooh, I, I don't i don't feel comfortable re revealing the title for fair enough <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough that's fair enough would you say that then your would you say that writing that memoir then was that was that quite a challenge or was that a relief writing writing all this out um it was it was many things it was cathartic um i think many memoirists will agree with me that um it heals yourself it must have been quite a relief getting all your thoughts down on paper in this in this memoir as well okay so writing a book um from i started in 07 and at that time, there weren't all these resources that we have today. I mean, in, in so many ways, we were blessed with podcasts and, and, you know, Google. And, you know, you can find how to write dialogue. You can click your fingers and you got 10 sources. Back then, I, I found one, one little ma manual, like, uh, on how to write a memoir. And that's how, okay, this is my... This is, I'm going to read this and find out how to write a memoir. So when my, when my first draft was done, it was like 700 pages because I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
but I had a I had a terrific writing instructor who decided to who was kind enough to read it, and she said, "You got something. You you really got something." And then she gave me um, pointers on how to um, condense it and turn it into a real memoir. That's brilliant. That's incredible. I mean, seven hundred pages. That's that's <laughs> no small feat, is it? <laughs> That's why it took a while. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But when we when we write books, everyone kind of has their own individual writing process. And I think there's sort of been a bit of a stigma around writing where people say, Oh, you need to do this to write, you need to do that to write. And that's not always, you know, it's not always cookie cutter like that. Not everything is going to suit everyone. So in terms of your own personal writing process, what does that kind of look like to you? Oh, oh, that is so individual. What works for you? Uh, what works for me is I get up in the morning, have my breakfast, and then I enter like the center space it's something i've developed over the years by doing it repeatedly you know i open the door to my writing space it's it's my space no one else comes in here and i just go into a different uh, zone when i'm in here and i can't write you know i've been thinking about all these people go to all these retreats and they write with others and and they they're very productive on these weekends and i wouldn't get a thing done if i did that a hundred percent I do think that you need to sometimes shut yourself away from the world just for a little while to really knuckle down and focus that that's what I do so I uh whenever I you know have my writing sessions um I I close the door I don't I don't answer the phone I don't answer the door this is my time because if I interrupt if I get interrupted it breaks the flow and that's just you know, it took me time to realize this and work this out, but that's what works for me. Um, yeah. Mm. And what would you say, what would you say would be your favorite books? Like if I was, if I was to come up to you and ask for a book recommendation, oh. what would be your favorite books, do you reckon? I was unprepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. When, whenever... Whenever anyone asks me about what my favorite books are, I always just freeze. I'm like, that's like asking me, like, what limbs my favorite, yeah. you know? <laughs> you know, it all depends on my mood and the day because I have so many favorites. Uh, even though, you know, my, 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 I'm also working on a, a, a fiction piece and I think my, I know my future genre is um, social realism. So even though I'm very, you know, actually practical and realist, realistic, I love, you know, Astrid Lindgren, the Swedish writer, the the children's books, Harry Potter. But, you know, if you ask me in three hours and I've had time to think about it, there's a hundred, you know, adult <laughs> fiction books that I, I love. But Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And it's funny you talk about your next genre as well, because that was going to be my next question was, what would you be looking to write in any other genres, kind of expand yeah. into that? Yeah. But you've, you've answered that perfectly. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I, I finished the first draft for a um, fiction, a book of fiction about a um, gender-confused woman in northern Denmark. Uh, people think she's crazy, but um, she's actually carrying a huge secret. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, interesting. That does sound intriguing. <laughs> Who is Annetta when she's not writing? Like, what what are the kind of things that you you like to do? Just just you. Let's let's talk about Annetta for a little bit. Oh, nature, 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 nature. Travel. Ah. Uh, of course, family and friends, reading, <laughs> writing, having fun, finding people that, that know how to laugh or who makes you laugh or you can laugh with. I think, I think, yeah, fun is, um, because I've been sick for so many years, I'm one, I'm realized that the, the importance of having fun. Um, so having fun and finding the lightness in life is very important to me. Because um, it's easy, again, when you've been sick, to uh, be inundated with, you know, hard times. So, yeah, having fun is important to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, think I can relate to that as well in that, you know, I, I kind of have the theory that there are two forms of happiness. There's the happiness that you just naturally have. And then there's the happiness you have when you've gone through some really rough times in your life and appreciating those little moments with friends and family. And like you say, finding those romanticizing those little moments, yeah. like the coffee in the morning, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's truly peace. You, I think. You, that's very wise. There, there are some people that are, have an inborn happiness that you don't, you know, you don't know, it's a formula that they're born with. And then there's the kind of happiness that you can learn how to cultivate. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I missed out a question. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. We've done, we've done that one. Uh, perfect. Great. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Annetta. Um, I think it's incredibly worthwhile to compare and measure <laughs> the publishing industry and how it's changed over the years. I know I've certainly learned a lot today. Um, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you? Um, they can check me out, check out my website. Um, uh, it, I know you pronounce my name Annette because I've asked you to, but it's actually Annette and A-N-E-T-T-E. I'm, I'm part Danish, so. Right. Um, anyway, so it's Annette Nielsen author, um, dot com or you can find me on Insta or Facebook. Perfect. Yeah, sorry. I, I know it said like pronounced Annette and I was like, oh, okay. Cause I was going to call you Annette. And then you said, oh, it's pronounced Annette. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. I was like, Phew. that was, that was close. I could have made things very awkward. So, so thank you. That's perfect. Um, great. Well, that's it for this week's uh, Roma Reads publish uh, Publishing's podcast. God, that's a mouthful. <laughs> It's a beautiful, beautiful name you've picked. I Thank love you it. so much. <laughs> uh, tune in next week for another eye-opening in interview. Want to be interviewed? Have thoughts about the show? Reach out at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Roma Reads Publishing and let us know. That's it from us. See you next week. <laughs>